0: Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay at home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journey so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you're a regular listener here, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of One of a Kind You If you're a new listener, thanks so much for taking a chance and stopping by to see what it's all about. I'm so excited to have you here. And so the way that this um, podcast usually works is I share a journal entry of mine from five or six years ago when I was in the thick of the struggle. And I talk about what I wish I knew then and what I know now as a certified life coach. But uh, you're in for a treat because you don't have to listen to me blabbing away by myself. (laughs) I have two ladies joining me today, Beth and Chelsea, um, both working moms, Both have, well, Chelsea, I know has the entrepreneurial spirit. She owns a dance studio and a palm team. And then, um, (laughs) but I'll let them fill in all the gaps. But before I do that, I just want to take a minute and say that this episode of One of a Kind You is brought to you today by the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast, but more for our sponsor later. So thank you, Beth and Chelsea, for joining me. You're um, welcome. Yeah,
1: we're excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. So Beth, tell us about you first.
2: Okay. Where to begin? Now I am. Um, Okay. So I am a full-time employee. Um, I, uh, work for a large organization, um, that's more of a regional organization, um, Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. So, uh, Chelsea and I both live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I am in talent acquisition. So I'm a corporate recruiter and, um, specifically that works with technical recruiting. So it recruitment, um, I've been married to my wonderful husband uh, for almost 11 years, and I have two children that are nine and four. Um, school is almost done. This is yes. our last week. Oh my gosh, yes. I cannot wait. Um, so uh, we had the the last hustle today. Um, uh, so I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, we started our podcast in February of this year. Um just I love kind the of, name.
1: It's called. Yeah, moms,
2: moms with attitude. Love it. Um, Chelsea's more the attitude, and I'm, you know, uh, we're both the moms. Um, so the yin and the yang, I love but, that we balance each other uh, out. Yes, we balance each other out for sure. We've been friends for 25 plus years, yeah. which is, if you can do the math, you're going to age us, or I just aged us. So um, but we do on our podcast, talk a lot about almost Beth, being 40 and
1: Beth doesn't age
2: actually. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, so that's a, a little bit about me. Yeah. So.
0: All right. And Chelsea, take it away. Okay. So
1: I own a dance studio, competitive dance studio. So we compete a lot, travel a lot. Um, I love it. I've had I just did my 12th recital yesterday, last night. Congrats. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Um, I'm also a high school palm coach. And then I also run an all-star dance program, um, which has, you know, close to 60 kids in it. So it's it's fun. Dance is my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I um, graduated from Oklahoma State and so did Beth. Um, so, go poke. Go poke. Yeah. yeah. My undergrad was actually political science and pre law. So, I thought I was going to go to law school and yeah. be a lawyer, but I own a dance studio. So, they
0: <laughs> mesh so well.
1: Yeah. They do actually, probably more than I know, because a lot of parents like to argue.
0: Yes. So (laughs) yes. You know my husband's an attorney. So we always joke that the attorneys take all the fun out of things. Like you need the attorney to have all those legal things so that the parents have to sign off, like that you're not liable for any of it. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um I have two kids, a 12-year-old girl, Paisley, and a two-year-old son, Grayson. You have quite Um, a gap. Yeah. You know, we must have been bored but, um, I am
0: <laughs> well, it's one way to pass the time. <laughs>
1: it is, you know, um, I'm actually divorced, but I currently, um, well, I <laughs> um, have a partner. I have a, a partner, a life partner. I give a lot of, a lot of slack to him Cause we're not engaged or married.
0: Right. So, How long have you been together?
1: Well, this is a little telling, but, uh,
0: Oh, or, did like, I ask too much? No, I mean, it, it's not too much for me. I don't know about your podcast. Nope. Hey, I am like, I don't hold okay. back. So what okay. and authentic is what we go for. Okay.
1: Well, so, um, you know, it's like those reality shows, like married at first sight. We kind of did baby at first sight. Okay. hey, Okay.
0: Yeah, that you're on to something. So there's a new reality. Hey, there's a the new, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. You need to hit up Nick Lachey and <laughs> yes. uh, Vanessa. Sure. And, you
1: know. Pitch so we been... would
0: totally be on board. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, so we've been together like three and a half years.
0: And um,
1: you know, it's great. We are <laughs> a lot actually. Beth introduced us. They used to work together as as recruiters. So, um, and he would have never been married, doesn't have kids. He's older than me. He yeah. lived the, the hardcore bachelor life. He was like the definition of a bachelor.
2: And I remember he came into the year that, that they met and was like, new year, new me. And literally he, that's what he meant <laughs> was new year, new me. Like, I don't, <laughs> none of us knew what that meant, but then we found out three months later what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that's that's all they wrote
1: yeah exactly yeah and then yeah. it was yeah. destined it just yeah. happened so yeah. um he's really funny so that's really helpful because I need that a lot yeah, yeah. but he's he also su- humor yeah he's all but he is very type a and I am not no. you know I appreciate type a but I am not yeah so and I'm always up for a hustle you know I am she is. I she loves works really hard. Yeah, and I just am like, oh, a new opportunity. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I love So that. that's kind of yeah. That's kind of me.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> first of all, I love that you two are the yin and yang, and you balance each out, balance each other out, and then Beth introduced you to the other yin and yang, and so now you have another <laughs> way to balance it out. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> she I knew what I needed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what happens yeah. when your friend's she's actually so pretty long. type A too. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm very type A and Chelsea well, and I, Chelsea to be and I a like,
0: recruiter, you have to be a type oh, A. Yeah, right? for yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Chelsea and I like never, it was weird. Like we never actually officially lived together, um, in college or even after sure. college, even in high school, but Chelsea would like come and stay at my house. That true. I grew up in for like a few weeks. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean,
1: so we kind of okay. lived together. Yeah. And,
2: but then even in college, we were never like roommates, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. She
1: actually told me she didn't want to room with me, if I remember correctly. Yeah.
2: Well, if we're being honest, okay. my mom was like, "That may not be the best for your friendship." And so she was like, "I wouldn't recommend rooming with your best friend
0: because you may not be." But best we were in the after. same
1: apartment complex.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But well, that's good enough face, but you still are together. Right. Yeah. So
2: I would always go to Chelsea's house and do her laundry <laughs> because it would drive me crazy. She would just have clothes everywhere. It's true. So anyway, so I introduced her to and now would
1: Tony does my laundry. Her. Yeah. Look at that. Isn't that crazy? So I, didn't
2: I introduced even know. her to the the male version of me. <laughs>
1: that is
0: hysterical. That is hysterical. I love it. So before we were before we actually hit record, we were chatting. Um, so there are a few things that we're going to chat about today, but we're going to first start with um, Beth telling me that funerals are the new date night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice. you guys.
2: You gotta get it in whenever you can. <laughs> so
1: strange. just
0: to give some background about that, so we were chatting, you know, pre gaming before the the record button was it. I was like, so what do you ladies feel like chatting about today? Like, what what about our mom life do we want to talk about? And and Beth was like, well, you know, my husband maybe mom guilt because my husband and I were gonna go away for the first time without the kids. I mean, she's like, you know, because like funerals don't really count and I'm like wait a funeral is a date night for you well first of all how many funerals do you go to and if it's that many I'm so sorry for your loss but I'm like huh okay so um yeah Beth I think you need that vacay with the hubs without the kids and I think you should not feel guilty about that at all that's so funny yeah no so
2: I'll I'll put a little bit more context into that so um we actually, my husband and I actually have, and I'm not trying to bring the mood down, but in the last couple of years, we have lost several people in our lives. And so
1: it feels, feels like, those it feels days.
2: like, like, cause we've had to travel for a couple of days without our kids. And so that's why I was saying like funerals don't count because <laughs> there have been a couple of times where we've gone out of state for like two days for a funeral. And I'm like, well, we weren't with our kids, but that really wasn't fun. So that's why I say that, okay. you know, but yeah. you guys are really funny. Cause I've actually said that a lot. And now I'm like, I hadn't even thought about it, <laughs> but now I'm like, wow, we look really desperate for a date night.
1: <laughs> I'm actually probably going to say it 25 ish times this week. Oh people. my
2: gosh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, But people yeah. laughed and they were like, oh my gosh, that's so true. And I'm like,
0: anyway, so no, but I think it's like, it's the truth, whether it's, um, a funeral or like the joke was we just moved in October. So like we closed on our Maryland, like sold the Maryland house and relinquished that to the new owners in September. And then we had to live with the in-laws for like seven weeks before we could get into the, this house. And so, um, so like having no time, like, cause same, like my husband and I, when we go anywhere, our kids always come with, and so, um, and with his work schedule, it's like sometimes hard to schedule a date night, even though he's not mm-hmm. in the office as, he, as often as it used to be, and like lining up childcare and all of those things. And yeah. so we jokingly said, we're like, wow, like we're going to close on a house. Like we, we could get a lunch afterwards and like, <laughs> right. make have it." and so it's like, it's the real deal. It's like, as a couple with kids, you're always trying to find that time to squeeze in to have yeah. a a moment of just the two of you to like connect as humans without like kids in tow or spilling lemonade on the table in the restaurant or whatever and be like oh my god can we have more napkins please can we have more yeah. like, <laughs> it's like exactly. just have a glass of wine and just eat in like silence maybe because that sounds really lovely sometimes too <laughs> for yeah sure. for
2: sure yeah I know but then sometimes I feel like like my husband and I end up talking about our kids and mm-hmm. so then it's like trying to redirect the conversation to talk about things that maybe are not about our kids, you know? And so sometimes that's a little bit of a challenge I feel like, and I don't know Mm -hmm. if you guys have that same where like, we kind of just, you know, gradually go to like, Oh, well, so-and-so has, you know, like one kid has this this week and blah, blah, blah. And just get into that rut versus like, you know, like just talking about kind of either us or him or me or, you know, yeah. Does that
1: uh, make sense? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, just to add on that, something that's been helpful other than the fact that Tony was single for 40 years. So, um, <laughs> he's not really used to like, you know, he's used to date nights. Yeah. So, but we have, um, a, an app that we both use a, It's called coupleness. And so every day there's a question on there for each of oh us goodness. to answer. Yeah. And, um, we each answer it. So we actually, we probably go on enough dates. Um, but on Saturday, we last Saturday, we went on one and we talked about every question from the last month that we had on there, like in depth, you know, we just went through each question and like kind of reviewed our answers. So, you know, it kind of, it forces those conversations rather than feeling like attacked, like I want to talk about this. Right. Yeah. No. I think that's it. It's mean, a, it's kind of fun. Some of the questions are fun, mm-hmm. but some of them are like, oh man, who's gonna answer this one first? Yeah. You're like, uh, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and I think what you. What should I say? Yeah. yeah. As the attorney, I do not answer first.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like I plead the fifth until you answer, and then based on your response, it's I can right? Think what yeah. My response is going to be, and maybe I still don't want to answer the question.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I, I just give them a solid smiley face. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this it all. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. <laughs> I, I put a little emoji sometimes instead of an answer. Yeah. Like, Are you
0: sure that's right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but why do you think we feel like the mom guilt? Like, Where does the mom guilt come from leaving the kids behind?
2: You know, I... I don't really know. I just feel like it's just there. It's it's something that I think I've. I mean, I've definitely thought a lot about. Um, and so, just so your, you know, your audience knows, my husband and I haven't been on a trip by ourselves since 2015. Um, and a long so, time. Is it's a long time. And like, and last year we had planned on going somewhere for our 10 year wedding anniversary and then like covid and blah 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 so yeah. we just decided to just hold off and so this year is like we're calling it our covid comeback because we legit have had something every single month since march and so um so this is our like comeback year and so we decided to book a trip with some friends and um i just you know i like for my kids to have experiences in life versus like you know the material things because those things only last for so long. Yes. And, and I think for me, like growing up, my parents rarely took trips by themselves. I mean, I remember staying with like a babysitter, maybe once or twice. And then every other trip we were with them and it was like long two week vacations.
1: I, I remember her <clears throat> going on trips, thinking to myself, like, do you really want to go on that trip? <laughs> like, Yeah. They were like driving
2: vacations because my parents hated to fly. And so we would all pack in this like, you know, 10 passenger van that my mom had for her daycare and we would just travel the country to the mountains and we would go to like the beach or we'd go to the mountains. And so I think just growing up, that's what I was accustomed to is like, you know, like you go, your kids go with you. And so we just have done that. And my husband was the same way. Like his parents rarely took vacations by themselves. And my dad came over, this has been a couple of years. And we had um, a couple of years ago and we had some pictures on our refrigerator of the family, like at a you know beach or something. And he was saying to his partner at the time, like, yeah, they just take their kids everywhere. Like we did growing up or like when Beth was growing up and I was just like, Oh, it's the cycle. And so, you know, and I mean, again, I, I mean, I love being with my kids, but I also know that like, it's really good to have time with your spouse because it, you know, eventually they're going to be gone. And so I think we're, we're trying to like, make sure to, to do that, but it is hard, you know, like just with activities and stuff. So I always feel guilty. And I, I mean, I feel guilty even if I leave the house to go do something with like her, and t- my husband's here and, you know, like he's watching the girls for a couple, yeah. um, couple hours. It's just like weird. I don't, I don't know where that comes from.
0: Yeah. I used to feel that way too, because I felt like I was almost like shirking my parental responsibility to my kids. And I don't know if that's because I grew up with um, parents who were divorced. So I was bebopping back and forth every other weekend to my dad's house and then my mm-hmm. mom's house. And but I will tell you, there were times where I would be at my mom's house for the weekend and my dad and my stepmom would go away for the weekend without me. And coming home, I'd be like, like I said to myself, like, oh, they must not love me because they didn't mm-hmm. wait for me to go on this trip. Now, my mom and my stepdad never traveled without us kids. Um, that's a whole nother can of worms. But like when we did, like we had an RV and we would drive it down to the beach for the weekend. Also, <laughs> Whole oh, another okay. thing. Um, but I, I did. I same thing. Like I felt guilty going away, like just out to dinner with a girlfriend for a couple of hours. But then like even the thought of leaving my kids for just like a long weekend for my husband to go away, I felt so guilty because I felt like, oh my gosh, they're going to think that we don't love them or someone's going to think I'm a bad mom because I left my kids with someone else for the weekend or uh, God forbid, I'm like actually going out with girlfriends, <laughs> like for girlfriend time. But like, honestly, like, who cares if someone thinks that it's none of their business? And yeah, it's easy to say like, oh, it's enough someone like none of their business what they think. But I had to start like thinking to myself, um, Kim, you're kind of like miserable, because you feel yeah. like you're on all the time, and you never get a break. So like, you are entitled to have that time. And like, my husband, he'll go to the gym in the morning and take his sweet old time coming home. But like, Stop and get himself a smoothie. I'm like, you big jerk. Where's my smoothie? I mean, not really, but like, but when I go to the Y, I'm like, I go, I do my class, and I like zip on home. Like, have to get home, have to get home. But I just think it's different for guys. They have like such a different perspective. Like, if I stop and get smoothies, I get one for all of us.
2: Yeah, same. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if it's just like a maternal thing because we carried them, they were with us for so long, and we birthed them, and right, you know, went through all of that, and so. But I I mean, I'm the same way. I don't, you know, I think you are, where like I'll go somewhere oh, yeah. and I'll be like, I'm only gonna be gone for like 10 minutes. Oh, and, no, you know, that's
1: not me. I'm and sorry. I'm
2: just like, why do I do that? Because, you know, my husband and I are, I I think we communicate well with each other. And I try not to put any kind of like time frame or anything like that on him. And he goes and hangs out with his friends or whatever. And the expectation from him isn't. You know, it's the same for me. It's like you go out and enjoy your time too. But yeah. for some reason, I'm like, "I'm only gonna be gone for a couple hours. So I'm gonna go eat, and I'm gonna come back, and mm-hmm. I'll help you with bedtime or whatever." But
1: yeah. yeah, you
2: know, I don't know. It's just it's weird
1: why we're like I th- that. I think personally, for me, um, so my oldest is 12, my youngest is two. So parenting at different stages in my life has been like drastically different. Obviously, yeah. I you know, I'm divorced. So the parenting, you know, with my first, we were super close. We're so much alike. Um, and she didn't want to ever leave my side like ever. And then, um, parenting as I'm older and divorced, I think, you know, it's like hindsight is, you know, if you obviously don't, don't work on the relationship, it won't work. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to, I think for me, it's like that perspective is always mm-hmm. there. And trying to figure that out. I think mom guilt for me does it doesn't necessarily come, it comes from um I don't want to say uneducated, but I'm going to say uneducated um views, maybe from I guess inexperiences are better. Yeah. Like from Tony not knowing like how to feel or why to feel a certainly cause he's a first time dad. And then for me, the, all mom guilt comes from my kids for the most part, mm-hmm. like just like how they respond yeah. and how I, mm-hmm. I make sure that they feel a certain way. My two year old is a savage. Like if I, cause I travel a ton and when I go out of town, he straight up will not even talk to me on FaceTime. <laughs>
0: Right. And they know, they know that like rips yeah. your heart rate right out of your chest and then they yeah. jump all over it. and they know it.
1: Yeah, they do. He just would like, I'll be like, I love you so much. And he's just like, what's <laughs> my airplane? <laughs> and then Tony's always like, talk to your mom, talk to your mom. He's like, sissy. Like, it's just like, it's advertently obvious that he's like intentional with it. Yeah. 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 And, wonder, and like, he thinks it's they kind know of how funny. to do that i know yeah you're too bro like why he is really yeah but you know what's funny is that's that might be an uh what's the word in an innate yes from his dad's side of the family (laughs) (laughs) like that that's just like in my daughter you know it's the complete opposite she is like i'm gonna soak up any second i get with her yeah um And I think I promote a ton of boy time now. Like if Tony will be like, I can't, I have to come home or I can't grace. I'm like, you can't, because I don't want you to ever tell me I can't hang out with or do with or go with, or, oh, you're going out two nights in a row. Like I have like, yeah. So I like promote it. I'm like, don't you need to go out with your friends? You haven't been out with them in a while.
0: Right. Cause Chelsea's like, cause actually in three days, I have a planned <laughs> date with my friends. So yeah. I need you to know that this, like we're reciprocating these yeah, nice right. night out with each other. Honestly. So that way in three days, you're not asking me, why am I going out with my friends? Cause I yeah. already told you, you could have time with yours. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm prepared for mm-hmm. every situation. Cause he'll be like, oh, so-and-so called to ask me to go out but I, I'm like, well, you should go. He's like, no, I think I'm just going to come home and hang out with Grayson. I'm like,
2: <laughs> you don't have
1: to. Yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> like crickets. Cause it's like, so <laughs> when I'm going out, you know, that's when I feel guilty. Cause I want to be like, Oh, I'm just going to stay home and hang out with the kids.
0: Yeah. Actually yeah. I'm, out of there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, and I've already stayed home. So um, so now we're, yeah. we're switching. Yeah, I was home all not. day. Yeah.
2: Like, you know, well, I mean, I think that's the difference too is that you're home with them like yeah. throughout the day because her work doesn't really start like until like, night. Until night. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think that. And my daughter does homeschool. Yeah. So
0: they're both home with me all day. Yeah. 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 I mean, true. yeah, it's. It's funny because I had the mom guilt when I worked, when I was a full-time kindergarten teacher, I had the mom guilt because I was at school all day with someone else's kids. And then I would come home and I would be so mm-hmm. tired for my own, or I would have to miss their little preschool and kindergarten Oh days yeah, that is because worse. I couldn't get a sub for my class. <coughs> there was no one there mm-hmm. to cover my kids. And At teachers, we get such limited time during the school year because we get summers off. So like, I really had to use my time sparingly. So I had mom guilt there. And then plus doing teacher stuff on the weekends to be ready for the upcoming week. But then it was funny. I had the same guilt as a stay-at-home mom even though I was home with my girls all day long, I felt so guilty for being like, okay, I see y'all later. I am out. Like dad is home. He's got it all under control. I will be back in a couple of hours. I still had that guilt, but there was one thing that really helped me to shift was that I realized that I was modeling for my kids, mm-hmm. what they, what life could look like for them when they're women with, whether they're single women or married women with children, I just was like, oh my gosh, I don't want them to grow up to feel like they have to be with their kids 24 seven. And when they're not, that's a bad thing. But I also wanted them to grow up and know, like you have to put effort into your marriage or it's not going to necessarily work out. And so then there was that, that dialogue, like, okay, Kim, you have to let go of that guilt a little bit because you have to show them how to be when they're grown ups. So like they're little now, but they're watching and they're taking it all in. So (laughs) as much as this is hard for you, you have to get over it, rip the bandaid out and go out with your friends and put your makeup on and do your hair and show them like you're a human besides a mom, like go and show them that. So that, that helped a little bit with me be like, Yep. Daddy and I are going away for the weekend. We'll be back Sunday. We love you very much. And they're with their grandparents. And so they're spoiled, rotten. So I'm like, I know you're fine. You're taken care of. Like you're not in like the side of the road waiting for some stranger to (laughs) take you home. (laughs) Like you're (laughs) fine, you're cared for. I'll see you later.
2: (laughs) No. And you know, I think that brings me, that provides me comfort because my kids also like they spend a lot of time with with, um, my husband's parents. And so when we do go away in a few weeks, they'll be with them and they're actually taking them on vacation. So, I mean, it's not
0: like they're going to miss me. Um, they will, of, but at the same time, like they're living it up right. and they're having their own experiences too. And knowing right. like, that's okay to have their own experiences and not to feel bad about like, Oh my God, mom's not here or dad's not here. And so like, maybe I shouldn't have this fun. Like, yes, go live it up yeah. kids. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I love what you, you said about, um, being able to model it for your kids, because I do think that, you know, they listen and watch us like so much more than we think. And so being able to kind of model, you know, like what I think and what my hope is for them, like in the future, if, if they ever do get married and, you know, have kids themselves and, um, all of those things too, I think is important, you know, so Yeah. If they ever get married. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, right now my nine-year-old is telling me she's never getting married. So that's why I say if,
0: um, so yeah. Well, my 12 year old has like decided that she will get married, but if her husband has a hairy back, she's going to make him shave and he cannot have any hair on his stomach and she's not going to touch his underwear. He's going to have to do his own laundry. And if he smells too sweaty or he farts a lot, then that's also, like, could be enough to, like, end it all. And I'm like, wow, girlfriend, I think you're going to die a lonely lady. So <laughs> willing to compromise on some of these things. I know, yeah. The hairy
2: back and stomach, not so much. Don't compromise too much on that. But the other things. She's yeah. clear.
0: know. Yeah, yeah, she
2: likes what she wants. Yeah, like it. Sometimes
0: so. I'm like, Lily, you can't have all of this set in stone just yet because you are just 12. So, like, you do what? have to allow some room for for some give and take here and this this thing called life but yeah so right. apparently has it all figured out of like what, how her husband should be and all of these things so I'm like okay well we'll see if you actually stick to that especially like I'm not going to touch his underwear he's going to have to do his own laundry I'm like well he might feel the same way about your underwear I want to not do your laundry either so you could both right. do your own laundry yeah
1: oh
2: my gosh I love that yeah, yeah. my kids my nine-year-old is just—I don't know wh- where the whole like I don't want to get married thing came from, but that's recent. That's very new for us, and so we're—we were even my husband and I were it's like,
1: because you guys don't go on vacation." Huh? I know. <laughs> it's probably because funerals
2: are date nights. Um, <laughs> she was yeah, like, "Dude, if, like, if I
0: have to wait to go to a funeral to have right. a date night, like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna take the bachelor of life." She was like, yeah, "Tony, Tony seems to have it all figured out." <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. No, I even asked her. I was like is there something wrong with her dad and I's marriage? Like why you don't want to get married? And She's like, no, I just, I just don't want to get married. And so she has some friends that are like boy crazy. And I think that drives her crazy. And so she's yeah. just like, I think she's just kind of has never wanted to like, I don't know, like live for boys, I guess. And like, she just doesn't get it. So, and yeah. I keep, we keep telling her, like, it's going to change, you know, sort of Same. thing. So, yeah. anyway. I love
0: it. A strong, independent young ladies. I love it. She is. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, but the, going back to the laundry thing, so we also talked about like finding a balance. And so um, I know for me, like I am a like type A with the laundry. And so that is like one place around like, nope, no one touches the laundry. But Chelsea, when we were talking balance, it was more about um, like, well, a finding balance as moms in our life, which kind of goes back to the whole date night vacay thing and not feeling guilty about it. But also, uh, something, Chelsea, that you encounter a lot is parents asking you about finding balance for their kids and their schedules. Because, um, first of all, I had to ask you, what is palm uh, Dance team, like oh, high school, okay. high school yeah. dance teams. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, so, so cheerleading
2: like, and palm are different. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I so. Yeah. Yeah. I've recently found that out because I think I said, not recently, but I mean, <laughs> I, I think I kind of knew yeah. the difference, but. I said something like, Oh, is she on um oh is she a cheerleader? And mom was like, She's on palm. There's a difference. I was like, <laughs>
0: okay. And you, you correct
2: it. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah.
1: Anyway.
0: So um I don't know that we call it palm up in like the northeast. So- I think dance
1: team. Dance yeah. team.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so my or drill team. A drill team. Yep. Yeah. So my younger was like, I think I want to do dance team. I'm like, we just stick to two hours of dance a week, please? Like, <laughs> could we okay. just stay right there? Because um, like dance team, they practice four nights a week. Um, right. We also have Girl Scouts and she's chiming in because she just came in from baking cookies and uh, well, prepping the cookie dough. And she's like, and more sometimes. So she's like in the background now watching YouTube kids as we're- Tell her I support that. Miss <laughs> um, Chelsea says she totally supports that. Having dance more than- four nights a week because she owns the dance studio, like Miss Valerie and Miss Heather. So her little face just lit up. Yeah. You should um, move to Oklahoma. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I like, I think I'm such a Southern girl at heart because I love like being down South. And so, um, so I'm excited because in June, at the end of June, I'm going to Nashville for a couple of days for a wedding. And so my husband and I are road tripping so, um, cause I was going to fly, but it was so expensive and then mm. like renting a car and all of that stuff. So I'm like, my cousin is always up for a road trip. So I'm like, Elena, what do you think about coming to Nashville with me? Like, you can go do your own thing while I'm at this wedding for a couple of hours, Saturday evening, but we'll drive down Friday and then drive home Monday. So that gives us a whole day in Nashville. And she was like, I'm totally game. So I'm like, yeah, Oh, I, I love
1: can, it. I, guess I, actually I, just went, I just went to Nashville like two weeks ago. Oh, do weeks. you? Do? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I have not been, so I'm super excited. So um, I will have to pick your brain, Chelsea, about like what to do in Nashville. Well,
1: see, I went like a road trip for a pageant. Mm -hmm. My assistant was in the Miss... Just it miss American pageant for yeah anyway so I was there it drove down went to the pageant and came home oh, so she didn't okay. do much. I didn't do anything
0: stay yeah. in the hotel I can
1: tell you where to not to
0: stay uh, <laughs> well, well we did a whole air Airbnb thing because then oh, it was fine. like paying for a parking at the hotel was like yes. as much as the hotel room for that period of time so I'm like okay I I gotta find another way so that's when I was like road trip here we come but anyways I digress so um but finding balance. So like, for instance, so my daughters do Girl Scouts. They do piano. Casey does dance. And then Lily will do sports at school. Um, but then like trying to navigate all that. So in case like, I want to do dance team. And then it's like four plus nights a week. Plus we have homework and all of those things. It's like, ah, like trying to manage that. And I did that when they were little Monday, Monday through Friday, we had an after-school activity. And by Friday, we were all exhausted and miserable. So Um, I learned by exhausting us that we had to cap it at like two activities Mm -hmm. and that was it. So whether you do those same activities all the time or we switch them up, that's your choice girls, but, um, we can't be running all over to buck to and back (laughs) doing activities. Yeah. So Chelsea, what do you tell parents when they ask you about the whole balance thing? Like, how do you help navigate that?
1: Okay. So I usually, um, start with like goals, like what are your goals, you know, and how did, how do you feel like people achieve those goals, you know, and are they your kids goals? Are they your goals? Mm. And like where that happens, um, and nine times out of 10, their goals are to be really good or to be the captain or to get a scholarship or to dance after high school, you know, so, when those things are your goals, you know, to be realistic, you know, you don't have to dance seven days a week, but you just have to decide like somebody, somebody else is dancing seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, there's that, but somebody will always be doing more. Yeah. And then you have to know how your kid works. You know, do they work well? um, Like long periods of time, or are they going to like go 50% four hours a night? You know, yep. so it's interesting as I, cause some kids can come to, some kids can do less and get more out of it. That's a probably rare, but a lot of kids, you know, need consistency to be good at anything, you right. know, whether it's schoolwork or a sport, you know, because every time you're training, you should be getting something out of it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, that's our philosophy at our studios that we train kids actually to learn something new or like to gain something and whether you are a competitive dancer or a recreational dancer we still expect kids to learn not we're not you know some studios kind of take more of like the the babysitting fun hangout yes. route and we want it to be fun but it is fun for them to learn because then they gain confidence and they yes. you know there's a lot of things that come with that so yeah. I just navigate it with goals, you know, and I have to, I have to evaluate me because my daughter's super competitive dancer. Um, and so I have to always kind of go back because there's days where she does not want to, you know, mm-hmm. like she's exhausted and I know that. And then I have to decide, like, do I allow her that rest time or do I teach her that if these are your goals, you have to work when you're tired, you know? Yeah. So it really is, it's tough for me as a dance studio owner to talk yeah. to people, because if you, if you want something, then you have to do it. Like, I can't, I can't guarantee you, you know, an A plus if you only are putting in half the work, like, right. so it just depends on long-term goals and they, they don't happen overnight. And a lot of us want that instant, like, oh, they're all of a sudden great. I'm like, well. That's not how it works. Like she's great. Cause she comes every day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it is tough. Um, but my daughter hears this conversation a lot. And I, I do try to say like, you don't have to do this just cause I'm, you know, mom's doing that. Mom promotes it. You do get to choose your own goals, but I'm going to talk to her just like, I'm going to talk to other kids and Like there's days where she's upset because things aren't going her way, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I will say to her, like, like, why are you so upset? Like, what's the problem? Like, I don't even understand why you're upset because it's kind of random. And she'll just be like, well, I just know I could have done better. I could have worked harder or I wish I would have stretched when you told me to, or I, you know, so it's just like, but she gets every aspect, like, or every viewpoint, you know? Cause yeah. she hears me complain about things that parents say, and she hears me as a parent and she watches me as a dance coach. Like, so she hears it all, but
0: yeah, I think it's great though that she gets all of those perspectives because I think that gives her more of an ability to make the right decision for herself. But I think it, you said something that's so important is about having the conversation with them. So I know that, um, my daughter has been at the same dance studio for, I think, at least five years. Maybe this might be her sixth year there. And it wasn't our first dance studio. So when my older daughter, Lily, danced, we danced, she danced at the studio. I danced it as a kid. And that one, I was like, okay, this has fallen off. It wasn't the level that it was when I was there. And Lily decided that she didn't want to dance. She wants to be able to dance in the way that she wants to and doesn't want to be told. So it's like, fine, I do accept that my daughter didn't want to be a dancer. Uh, but my younger Casey, she does. So I'm like, okay, I have one dancer in the family. And um, But at both studios that Casey has danced at, there are times where you can see that clearly it's not the daughter who wants to be oh, the dancer It's true. the parent who's forcing her to dance and she just looks so miserable. And so then I, that's the question I have for the parent. It's like, what about her dancing is serving you? Like what, if, what about this dance that she's doing this dance class benefits you? Because then it's like the parent is living vicariously through the kid. But then you also have girls who are full on committed, who stretch, who go to class every week and they love it and it lights them up. And then, and there isn't necessarily balance with that and their understanding of that and they're willing to do that. And then, okay, then that's, you know, that's the path you're willing to take. So we're going to be supportive of that, but just having the conversation to check in and say like, how's it feeling? How's it going? Are you still feeling like you want to keep going? Like, do you feel like maybe this might, after this year, you want to take a break or cut back on class or, you know, I think it's just, it's a constant conversation because the journey is always evolving. So just keeping that door open so that they know that they have (laughs) options and checking in with goals. And I think also too, it's like, they're still growing and learning. So helping them to learn how to achieve the goals without killing themselves or getting to the point where they're exhausted and then they're falling behind on schoolwork, or there's a dance injury because they didn't stretch the way they were supposed to. So I don't think there's necessarily, I always like to say it's a rhythm, um, because I don't think there's ever fully balanced, but it's like that Mm -hmm. rhythm of being able to navigate with it, like with the flow of dance life or soccer life or softball life or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm actually probably going to ask you a question on this because, um, Okay. So I feel like parents don't really, um, conversate much when things are going positive, Mm -hmm. right? Like when things are going great, they're never like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. How did that, you know, like, how did that feel? Or like, what do you think about that? What made it so great? Why did you get that skill? None of that. But when something bad is happening, the conversation, like it gets like, everyone gets to talk about it. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, I think it gets tough because when you say things to kids, like, um, are you tired? Well, clearly they're tired. Like if they worked hard, you know, but it like, they, they create this snowball effect instead of like redirecting kind of this like positive achievement, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, like, how would you, how do you promote more of like a positive conversation and it's like around even the, like around the negative too. Well, I just think that the negative is a natural, like attraction for people to talk about. It's easier to talk about negative things than it is for people. Well, like, and I had a flood of positives. So don't get me wrong. Like today, last night, so many positive things, but in the process of this positive result, there's a ton of negative that is still being drilled into people's heads. And it's like that process is what I want to try to like, I don't know.
2: But how do you as a coach, when you're talking about positives and negatives, how do you as a coach, like when you see a dancer that's maybe not doing, I don't know, like, something something not right like uh-huh. in the dance. Uh-huh. So how do you look at that what would be considered a negative and turn that
1: into like a positive. Does that make sense? Well, Is that what yeah. you are? No, I'm asking like from a parent's point of view.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: how do we get parents to to engage in positive conversation with their kids about a sport? You know what I mean? Like I think um it's just easier cuz a, a kid will get in the car and be like, oh, I didn't do this, or I didn't get picked for this. or But if they did something great in the classroom, or they did whatever, rarely are they like, oh my gosh, I did blah, blah, blah. Because the positive is not talked about that much. I don't okay. feel like in the classroom when kids aren't getting stuff, I don't know. I mean, me personally, I take it as a challenge. So I feel like as a teacher, I'm capable of teaching kids to do anything if they want to do it. Yeah. So um, the conversation with parents it's like changing the conversation to that influence of like, do you love it? Did you like it? Oh, it was tough. That's okay. It was tough. It's supposed to be tough. Life's not easy. You know? So it's like, I try to really kind of connect the dots there, but I can't connect the dots at home. And so it's like, if kids go home and complain, then they then their parents think that they don't like something. And then they come, then their parents come to me and say like, Hey, X, Y, and Z is happening. I don't know that they like it. So then I go to the kid and I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, tell me about this. She's like, oh, I don't even remember. I'm like, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> you remember the conversation with mom? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Cause like, guess what? Mom just came to me. So I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think as humans, we're wired to focus on the negative because that's a survival thing. Like, so we are focused to like, cause you know, like back in caveman days, like, we were wired to focus on like if a saber tooth tiger was going to jump out and get us and eat us. So we are always, we're just wired for that. It's like a survival mechanism. And we often don't even know that we're doing it. But I think the other piece of the puzzle is that so often kids are given that reinforcement for the negative. Like, so they instinctively complain because when they're complaining, their emotional needs are being met. And I think I shared these with you when I was on your podcast, but there are six of them. There are four that are primary and we need them like air, food, and water. And then there are two that are fulfillment needs and their um, growth and contributions. So, but the four primary that we like, we need um, are um, certainty, uncertainty, love, and connection that's one, and then significance. And so um, it's often easier to get those needs met on a very surface level kind of way. And if we don't think those needs will be met, like on a very deep level, we will do whatever it takes to get them met. So often it's easier to get our parent, like for a kid to get their parents' attention with complaining, because then they're yeah, feeling significant because sure. it's like, oh, I didn't this, or, oh, that was hard, or, oh, this and this and this and this and this. And then the parent's like, oh, and the kid's like, yep, right. i matter. Like, I'm yeah, getting that, exactly. like, I'm significant, I'm getting the connection and the love from mom and dad. And it's like certain too, because it's like, I know when I complain, I get attention, but then there's the uncertainty because they're like, well, I don't know what kind of attention I'm going to get. Mom and dad could be like, so loving, or they could be like, oh my God, enough with the complaining. I'm tired of hearing it. So it meets those four needs on a very high level. And it's just, it's easier that way. Cause typically, like you said, the positive isn't talked about that much. So it's harder to get that connection. It's harder to get that significance, that certainty, with the positive things, because usually the parents like, "Oh, fantastic!" and then you know we're driving <laughs> home, and that's it, and like, great, fantastic. I don't have to go too deep into that because you're awesome, great job, so proud uh-huh. of you, and away we go. And then it's like, th- that's yeah, it. And so then they're uh-huh. like, "Well, what? That didn't. That didn't get me what I was wanting." So that's where, so I try to ask, not necessarily why questions, but when Casey gets in the car, I'll say, so how did dance go? And usually she's like, it was great. It was fun. I was like, well, what was fun? So then, or what was great? And so then I forced her to answer the questions and sometimes she doesn't want to. And I'm like, okay, if there's anything else you want to share, I'm listening. And, you know, we continue on home, but it's just trying to encourage them, like giving them that same level of response for the positive that they get for the negative yeah. and it starts to condition them to be like, Oh, I actually get this same stuff. And it's better when it's positive than when it's negative. So we're, it's for just sure. something that we're just conditioned to mostly because of the way that the brain is wired, where we're uh, naturally focused on the negative, right? And we get more uh, feedback usually with something negative than we do for the something that's mm-hmm. positive.
1: Yeah, no, that all is so true. It's like, it's a, it's so true on so many levels. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, I definitely, I appreciate that. I think the four needs should be like a highlight, a needs and wants, you know, because I yeah. think that's something that's so true for every kid. And I, when we talked about this, when you were on our podcast, we really like talked about our kids, like, oh, yeah. I know my kid needs this more. And then I actually started thinking about it, like in class, like, oh, this kid needs this more than this, or she wants to feel significant or she needs to feel like I really care about yeah. what she's talking about, whether I care or not, you know? So yeah. it's like, um, yeah,
0: yeah. Those, those needs are really what drive our behaviors. So we run these patterns to get those needs met. So like the constant complainer gets those needs met through the complaining, like the perfectionist gets those, how needs do you met. shift those? So you have to figure out what the pattern is and what the, what triggers the pattern. So, um, like, it could be that maybe at home the child doesn't feel like they get enough attention because like maybe they're the third sibling or the fourth sibling and they're like the bottom, you know, they're the youngest. (laughs) So like, by the time it got to them, mom and dad are like, Oh, we got nothing left. The tank is empty. So they'll run this pattern, um, to get, Attention. So, like, there's a video of my husband when he was six, and we call it Kids 88 because it was filmed in 1988. And um, <clears throat> so he's the youngest of three boys, and my in laws had three kids in five years. And mm-hmm. so um, I think Brian was like 11 ish and Dan was eight. And so my husband is like the utmost brat on this video. He's like screaming and whining and fussing. And at one point, he's like, I hurt my ankle. And no one paid a lick of attention to him, like none. And it was like clear that he's acting out in this bratty behavior because all of the focus was on Dana and Bryan and not him. So he was like looking for someone to be like, you're great, Pete. Good job, buddy. So he was like, look at me. And he was like standing on the swing. And then he was like, look at me. And he like kicked the ball and he was like, look at me. And he threw the stick. Like he was just screaming, like, look at me. And it's because he was the youngest of three boys. So by the time they got to him, they're like, yep, your ankle's not hurt. Yep. Great. You're throwing a stick. Like, yep. Seen it, done it. Like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So, so they run these patterns. And so sometimes there's a trigger for the pattern. So it's helpful to figure out what the trigger is, but it's also helpful to figure out what the meaning is that they attach to it. So like the pattern of perfectionism, if it's like, you know, if my work, my schoolwork isn't perfect, or if my dancing isn't perfect, then people are going to think I'm not good enough, or people aren't going to like me, or people are think that I'm stupid or whatever the case is then it perpetuates that pattern. Cause they're like, okay, I have to be the best. I have to, sh- everyone has to see that I'm smart. Everyone has to see that I'm good. So they'll run that pattern to keep that meaning going and to get those needs met. So it's helpful if you can figure out the motive for the pattern to shift it into something more positive into a more mm-hmm. serving pattern. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's great. I mean, I would literally have you come to my studio and do I the do it. that. With my kids, with the dancers, you know, because I think just like long term, they need to be able to know, you know, like how they, how it's normal to want these needs met. Right. Yeah. But like how we get them met is yeah. the, the thing that we tell, we tell her, we literally tell the dancers all the time. Like if you, this is how this works. If you love dancing and you go home and complain every single day, what will naturally happen is your mom will probably take dance away. Yeah. Now I'm not telling you to not go home and tell them if something's wrong, but what I'm telling you is like just be aware of the information that's like going. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. so or they're so upset when we get the phone call, and I'm like, oh. I mean, your mom's not like psychic. Right. <laughs>
0: like, somebody like, told going me going on what you, you told know. Her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. You can zoom me in. So, zoom me in. I would love to talk to your dancers.
1: Oh my gosh. That would be so fun. And the other thing that I was going to ask is like, I mean, and it could be different, I guess, but I don't feel like, like when we were kids or you you were probably a child and in sports, the teacher was always right. Yes.
0: There was never like, Oh no,
1: I'm calling a teacher.
0: Oh, well, see. My dad was good because he would call. So like there are a few times where I was like, (laughs) like the Spanish teacher in middle school took points out of my Spanish notebook because I wrote in purple pen, but my friend also wrote in purple pen and she didn't get points taken off. So I was like, oh, that is not going down like this. So I went home and then at the end of the year, the Spanish teacher was like, uh, because my Spanish name was Veronica. She was like, Veronica, you still got an A in my class, even though you had your father call me about your notebook. And so, oh, wow. um, yeah, so I was very much like, if I felt like I was wronged, I was like, "Dad, you need to call." So my dad was okay. good about calling. But you're right. Like it was always that the teacher was right. And now, so no. That was one of the reasons I burnt out was because like, if who went to school to be a teacher? Me or you? me. I have the masters and the <laughs> yeah. bachelors. I got this. Like, yeah. trust me. Yeah,
1: it's just so different. you know, yeah. like if I would have went home from sports and been like, I wasn't able to do this or they sat me on the bench for like four innings and I was at practice every night. He'd be like, okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like that
0: was the next game. Get over it, Chelsea. Yeah. 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 Well,
2: and we were on the same basket. We played basketball together. Mm-hmm. I mean, ballers over here. Right. Um, but we sat the bench <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit whenever we we're short. Yeah, we're short. I get
1: I have a mean three point. Yeah. Just yeah. Just so everyone knows. So
2: um so we, but yeah, I mean, my parents, and in fact, like my dad, I remember one specific basketball games before you and I started playing together. Um, it was, uh, I like got mad at a ref because (laughs) of something. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like very
0: type a personality. Never. Yeah.
2: I was like very aggressive as a basketball player. And so I got mad at a ref and, um, was like, you know, saying some stuff. And my dad was like, so embarrassed. And then my coach sat me on the bench. And I was just like, you know, and just like, so upset. This was when I was like, in sixth or seventh grade. And um, my dad afterwards, he like, grabbed my shoulder. And I knew I was like, I'm in so much trouble. And so then as we were walking out, he's like, you will never act like that again. And you know, where like, I right. feel like now like parents would be like, oh yeah, you like that ref was totally wrong. Like, you know, this and that and the other, because there's just like validation of, you know, like the feelings or whatever. I, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm like a, a hardcore parent, but my daughter, my oldest daughter always wants to quit her activities that she's doing when it gets hard. Yeah. And so like recently she did an invention convention cause she's in the gifted talented program and she didn't want to do it because it was so hard. And I was like, we have to make a model of your invention. You have a really great idea, but you know, we have to do work. Like you're not just going to be able to naturally get a good grade on this or for it to just like pop out of thin air. Like we have to actually put it together. And she just was like, I want to quit GT. Just immediately wanted to quit. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not how life works. Like you can't just like up and quit your job. It's like your boss tells you, you need to do something better or you're, you got like a meets expectations, you know, you need to like perform better. And anyway, and so
0: it goes back to that uncertainty. It's hard to not have the certainty. So like when you know what hits the fan, the two needs that people go to first, it's always significance and certainty or flip it, certainty and significance. So it could just be that your daughter overvalues certainty and then significance. Mm-hmm. And so for her, like the uncertainty of like how this is all the invention convention is going to shake out is just too much. So it's that's where it's like you can put in little pieces of structure, like, okay day one, this is what we need to do. Day two, yeah. this is what we need to do. Day three, this is what we need to do. So it's not so overwhelming. And then it creates that certainty for her, but also too, it's like my 12 year old is the same way. If it's hard or she thinks she's not going to get a perfect score or perfect grade, she's like, not, not interested in not doing yeah. it. But it's like, we have to do it because you have to learn how to persevere and be able to bounce yeah. back when things get tough, because that's like, that's life. Yeah. We, it's that's a roller coaster, life. So like buckle up and enjoy the ride yeah exactly yeah. yeah oh my gosh Beth and Chelsea this is great I feel like we could chat all day I have to have you <laughs> honestly in. honestly
2: really good we like after you were on our podcast we are like oh man I wish she lived here <laughs> yeah like, we would right her.
0: <laughs> road trip okay so here's okay, what we're gonna yes. do Tony no is road trip and we're gonna meet halfway Yes, okay. in Pennsylvania. You ladies live in Oklahoma. We'll find the halfway point and we'll do a road trip. Isn't it Florida? Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> that only takes me 20 hours by car, but sure. Same. 22. Oh, you same? Yes. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Though, though.
0: 24 right no it's
2: like 20 to Orlando oh, okay Perfect. If, we're not, if we're going to like Destin or Fort Walton we're looking at like a 13 14 hour drive oh okay. if it's just us we don't have kids yeah. with us. we
1: went to Panama City like six times on spring break yeah we did yeah
0: love and, it okay yeah. there it is okay. it's done it's planned it's yeah it. we're gonna make it yes. happen yeah and yeah. I'll give
1: your daughter dance lessons if she's around
0: right so we can make <laughs> like do a mom and daughter trip
1: okay uh, yeah. well we
0: have two trips then We'll yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. We got okay. A-, a mom trip only. And then a mom and daughter trip. Yeah. We got yeah. to balance this. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Oh, my nine-year-old's like, I get to go. And she's <laughs> like, <"Hey." laughs>
2: she's I back here it. cheering away.
0: She's like, I get to go. So, oh, oh my God, go it's been great chatting. So yes, plans are in the making and well, I'll definitely have you ladies on again. So um, before we wrap up this episode, just a word from my sponsor This episode of One of a Kind You is brought to you by the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast, which is a podcast you should really listen to. Why is that? Well, it's because this podcast is setting a new standard when it comes to health and wellness, keeping weight off permanently and transforming your life by narrowing the gap from where you are to where you want to be. This podcast is a prime example of everyday people, just like you who have lost weight and kept it off permanently and have transformed their lives into the person they were meant to be exactly what you want for you in your life. I personally have been a guest on this podcast and I've listened to some of the episodes myself about living your le- best life, living a happy and healthy and fulfilled life. However, not just me. So don't just go by my recommendation. You should totally check it out with yourself. Go to trainingwithcoachbrad.com. Click podcast on the menu bar for two reasons. One, so you can see the episodes for yourself and see which ones would be best for you. And two, so you can hear real life stories of what others have done and how you can apply what they have learned to your life to overcome any struggle you may have going on. You can also search for the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. So give the show a try and don't forget to push the subscribe button so you can add it to your regular rotation. Mention you heard this ad on the One of a Kind You podcast and receive a free PDF copy of coach Brad's book mind strong. It's a book all about elevating your life to the next level. So thank you to the be well, be safe, be happy, eat ice cream podcast for sponsoring this episode. And, um, if you thought this episode was helpful, feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it because I would take the time to review all of them to be sure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and a resource so that all of us moms can stick together. So thank you so much for tuning into another episode of One of a Kind You, and I will see you all next week.